what we've decided to do is look at Jesus's earthly words while he was living out his earthly ministry and just uh, not only hearing them, but, but really allowing them to sink deep into our spirit because uh, we want to be more like him. Amen. What has Jesus spoken to us? What's his will for his people? What, do he, what does he desire for us? What does he want to cultivate within us? And we'll get a lot of answers to those questions as we observe his words. Today, if I had to title the message, I would title it this. What if Jesus was serious about serving? What if Jesus was serious about serving? Let's go to Mark 9 together. Uh, we're going to be in Mark 9. This is Jesus walking. He takes a little walk with his disciples and something kind of humorous, but interesting happens. Let's read together. Mark 9, verse 33. If you're there, say I'm there. Okay, got two people. Praise God. <laughs> Says this, verse 33. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, keep in mind, this is Jesus walking with his disciples. They've settled into this house. Jesus asked his disciples... Hey, fellas, what were you discussing on the way here? Busted, right? I imagine when Jesus asked this question to his disciples, their eyes get real wide. They shrink back. They're trying to uh, 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 move somebody to the front, put Peter in the front. Put, put, put. Why? Why, why? why would they respond like that? Because listen to this. He says, what were you discussing on the road? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was greatest. Come on, can't you just picture it? Just walking. Hey, bro, I'm the one Jesus loves. You know what I'm saying? And Peter's like, listen, John, I know you run fast, dog, but I walked on water. All right, I mean, did you walk on water? And then Judas is in the back. He's like, hey, it's got to be me. And they're all like, ah, come on, bro, are you kidding me? Judas. Here they are arguing. They've all had their moments with God. They, they, they've been sent out. They've been commissioned. They've, God's moved through them in powerful ways. They've preached the gospel. They've watched Jesus perform miracles. They've been a part of his ministry. And as they're, as they're walking with Jesus, they're like, man, it's me, bro. It's me. I'm the greatest. Nah, dog. Nah, it's me, bro. So he, he sits them down because they were arguing about who was the greatest. And Jesus takes this, he says, all right, fellas, we're going to have a, a teaching moment here. And, and he sat down. And now in this day, when the rabbi was going to teach, if he, if he was going to teach something important, he'd take the posture of, of being seated. And so he sat down, he called 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everybody else. And then he put a little child among them and taking the child into his arms, he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father who sent me. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, we love you. Uh, you, you teach us here that, um, I don't know, humility is so close to your heart. As we talk about serving one another today, Lord, I pray that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and uh, fertile soil 
in our hearts to receive the seed of your word. Let it take root in our heart. Let it grow to produce fruit in our lives. I pray that you would use this word to transform us. Uh, We we don't want to just hear your word. We want to do your word. We want to live it out. So Holy Spirit, empower us, equip us, enable us to live this thing out. Uh, We want to be transformed. We want to be more like Jesus. Use this word to do that. I pray this church would continue to foster kids in Jesus' name. Amen. If you know me, then you know I like to watch preachers. I watch sermons like some people might watch Netflix shows. I just love watching preachers. I just enjoy preachers of all kinds, preachers of all denominations, preachers of all different styles. I love preaching. And the only time that I really get to watch these sermons is when I'm home alone because my kids don't let me watch them. They're too boring. And so pray for them. They're still maturing spiritually. You know, if I'm, if I'm being honest, part of the reason I love watching preachers is, is yes, I love the spiritual nourishment and I feel like it strengthens me in spirit and, and uh, I'm edified by God's word, but I'm also intrigued watching preachers, uh, uh, just observing their style. Okay, I, I love watching how they communicate. What's their cadence? What's their humor like? Uh, their gestures? How do they move? How do they walk? How do they talk? Uh, how, how do they frame stories? How do they tell stories? How do they pull apart scripture? How do they structure their messages? How do they make it make sense for the congregation? I love observing communicators mainly because I got to do it every week. I got to come in here. I don't have to. I get to come in here and preach. And so moment of transparency for me, I'll be honest, in front of the whole room, I do love just to observe the preachers, but there are times um, I can slip into the comparison game. Sometimes I'll be watching a preacher. Abigail will be in close proximity. And, uh, you know, I'll just kind of mention to her, you think I preach as good as this guy? You, you think, you know, when you, when you listen to me versus Mark, that's not what this is about. If you're just going to judge all these preachers, why do you even watch them? Right? Don't, don't just listen to them to judge them. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. You know, listen, I don't care what you do in the room, whether you pour concrete, Zach Cliff, Come on, whether you cut hair, anybody who's a barber or a salonist is not a word, a hairdresser. (laughs) Whether you make coffees, I don't know what you do. I'll be honest for the whole room. Say it's easy to assess the work of others, especially those who are in your field, who do what you do. You compare your skills to their skills. It's just a part of our nature. I'm not saying it's always healthy. I'm not saying it's always unhealthy. It's, uh, there, there's times we can learn by observing others. There's also times we can envy by observing others. But needless to say, if we're going to be honest, if you're a landscaper, Manny and, and, and Matt over here, you know what I'm saying? Uh, if you're a landscaper, you're going to look at someone's yard and you're going to judge it. I know you do. If you're a barber, you're looking at other people's fades like, yeah, he definitely missed, he missed that spot, could have done a better job than that. I don't, if you're a real estate agent, you're looking at each other's posts, 
Yeah, that property wasn't that much though. Yeah, that was easy to sell. That was, I would have sell. What are they selling? How often are they selling? This is what we do if you're anything like me. Again, I'm just being honest in the room. Our flesh has this propensity to evaluate, well, they're, they're better at me in this, but honestly, I think I got them in this area. I'm just, you know, sometimes we're maybe not even that gracious. Maybe sometimes we're just like, I could do a way better job than that. I know Zach Cliff is thinking that a lot. Amen. <laughs> Why do people keep going to her? I can do way better. I could, I could do a way better job. Why do people keep using him? Have people seen what I'm able to do? And the reason we have this wrestle is one, because we're human. And two, I, I think what is, well, this isn't really a reason that we have it, but we see as we observe the life of the disciples, they experience this struggle with their own humanity, with their own flesh, with their own sinful, broken nature, with even something as holy and as sacred as following Jesus. They're arguing about who's the greatest. And we're like, you idiots. And it's like, we're idiots too. We do it all the time. Just... Just, and this is what I love about the scriptures as, as we observe the humanity in Jesus. And Jesus, you know, you, you got, I just love the way Jesus handles the situation as he sits. Come on, we, we got to talk here. We, we got to talk. Let's read it again. Mark 9, it says this. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, what, what were you guys discussing on the way? What were, you, uh, what were you talking about? But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which one of them was greatest. If you're taking notes, this is where we get the pen out. It's so easy for us to slip into this mindset that leaves us striving for great status. But that will distract us from living a life of great servanthood. I think this applies professionally and spiritually for some of us, you know, we, we neglect to care for our co coworkers or our employers in pursuit of our own ambitions. Or I, I think deeper than that, sometimes in the name of being bold or knowledgeable or holy, we will actually mistreat, reject, or judge or exclude people and, and, and place ourselves above them or we're more worthy of God's grace than them. We're more deserving of God's love than them because we're really living this thing out. We're the greatest. We know that the flesh is always in opposition to the spirit. So the flesh is always enticing us towards more status, more popularity, more, more performance. Yeah, yeah, who's the greatest? Yeah, don't you think you're great? Can you, can you imagine this? The, the, the disciples arguing about who's the greatest. Flesh lies to us, stirring us to believe that if we can just grip some of that, if we can get more status, more popularity, more performance, do better, be better, uh, uh, more, if, if there's more, then our lives will really be significant. But the words of Jesus lead us to believe that outside of our sonship that we receive through his spirit, authentic significance is found in the way we serve others. Significance is simply found in serving. Yeah, who's the greatest? I don't know, who serves the most? Now we know that wasn't how their conversation was going. It really was more like, 
yeah, I walked on water. You know, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, but you're going to deny him three times, though. Authentic significance is found in the way we serve others. Mark 9, 35. It says, as he sat down, he called the disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be servant of everyone else. You know, as we continue to venture through the rest of the New Testament, we'll see that the Spirit of God is, is continually calling believers to servanthood through different authors. I look at Peter's letter. Peter wrote this in 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11. Peter wrote, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. So use them to show off for everybody. So, so, so it says, so use them. So, so use them so you can get into heaven. So use them so God will love you more. No, no, it says he's given you gifts, so use them well to serve one another. Could it be that the primary purpose, the reason any of us even have spiritual gifts is ultimately to serve one another? Not to perform better? Not to, not to more uh, loudly, I, I don't know, I, I don't know. It's like, this is, this is our, our gifts, any, any talent, any, any gift that God's put inside of us, he's put inside of us, not even just for us, it's ultimately for the body. It's for the good of the body. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Whatever you got, do it to your full capacity as, as, as ministry. It's, it's him operating through you as you serve others. That was Peter. Paul writes, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are, there are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. My gifts are gonna look different than your gifts. Your gifts are gonna look different than my gifts, but that's okay, that's the beauty of the body. But, but they're not made so we can be seen as unique so, so we can be, yeah, that's, that's, why, I'm, that's why I'm the greatest. That's, why I'm, that's my greatness, you know, I just, you know. Literally, we've been given these things by God to serve one another. Listen, a, this, this is what Paul wrote. So we saw Peter said it, but now Paul says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other, so we can serve one another. What's your gift? What's your gift? That, that's going to be the, one of the ways that we can best serve those around us. What are we good at? See, we love to put the emphasis on the measure of others' giftings. And we love to ooh and ah at how well someone does this or how well somebody does that. And we lose sight of the primary intention of our gift or others' gifts in the first place. And the purpose of the gift was never to be impressive, it was to serve. The primary reason you've been graced with any ability is to serve somebody with it. I, I think so too. 
Jesus doesn't want us to be impressive. He wants us to serve. Jesus was serious when he said, whoever wants to be first, whoever wants to be great, whoever wants to live a life making kingdom impact, whoever wants to carry the kingdom well, whoever wants to display the gospel with their life, he, he must take last place and be the servant of everybody else. Things are different in this kingdom. Because the world's going to tell us, do more, achieve more, be more, go get it, get on your grind, all this. Yeah, come on, do what everybody else is unwilling to do, blah, blah, blah. And I'm saying, there's some merit in those things. And I, and, and I think fervor and grit are all a part of the spiritual life. But the minute, I, I'm just thinking even about, even about the preaching thing. As I'm watching these guys, as I'm talking to my wife, you think I, you think I preach that good? Well, do you serve others with it? goes hand in hand with what Jesus said in Matthew 23. But those who exalt themselves will be humbled. Those who humble themselves will be exalted. How do you humble yourselves? By serving others. By putting their needs before your own. Let's, let's just have an honest conversation for a moment. The blessing of God is often found in the effort of blessing others. Yeah, the blessing of God is often found in the effort of blessing others. And I think about the times I've sat with people as, as we're counseling through conflict, as I've sat with the couple that's struggling, or one of the members from the marriage, or if I sat with the parent and the kid, or both of them, or a lot of times, it stems back to both parties or one party involved stop serving the other. You were designed, created, were called as Christians to love serving, to serve one another wholeheartedly. I think of the church more specifically. You know what I found to be true is, is the people who have the most complaints the people who often seem most frustrated in the church are actually the people who don't attend consistently or serve regularly. And I think a lot of times it's because we unknowingly slip into this mindset that the church exists for me. Yeah, I want to come. I need to get fed. Man, I, 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 that preaching just didn't really do it for me. I, I need something that's really going to really gonna stretch me when all actuality, you have just as much, if not more, to contribute to the house of God than you do to receive from it. Now, what I don't wanna do is preach a message on serving and use it to manipulate everybody to stock every ministry that we have in the church because honestly, that's such a small part of it anyway. I think that cheapens this, a message on servanthood to say, and that's why you gotta serve in church. No, we serve in church because we're Christians, man. And we love, we love, we love God's house. We love serving God's people. We love being a part of the mission. Serving is one of the greatest privileges that we have as believers, but this goes far beyond that. This, this, this is how we serve. This is, this is our life. How do we serve our employer? How do we serve our employees? How do we serve our children? How do, how do we serve, how, how do we serve our spouse? How, how do we serve? It, it, it's, a, it's a consistency of character that needs to be developed. Like we're just servants, we're, we serve. Like, you don't want me to organize anything for you because that's not my gift. But it's like, you know, but if you need to pump up speech, come find me. I'm your guy. 
You know what I mean? It's a characteristic, servanthood, that needs to be cultivated in every Christian because it's God's will for Christians to serve one another. And Jesus demonstrated this. I've shared this thought a lot. I almost didn't include it just because I've shared it so much, but it's such a perfect picture that I can't not share this story. So it's, it's John 13. I, I know I've talked about it a lot, but literally, I just, I just want to show you the progression of the verses. And, and I think we, we catch a massive glimpse of God's heart for his people. Because Jesus is our example, right? And Jesus is, is perfect. So let's just see. Like, I don't know. Maybe we've all been around. Maybe it's, it's been you yourself. You've gotten new measures of authority. And it's like, I should never have to do that. That, that's not for me. No, 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 I can't do, don't, don't you know my role? L- listen, look at this, John 13. Jesus knew the father had given him authority. Everyone say authority, authority. over some things. No, Jesus has authority over everything. Jesus has authority over everything. The disciples should be bowing at his feet, weeping constantly, considering who he is. Jesus had authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. This is what Jesus knew. So verse four, so he got out the whip and he cracked it and he yelled, no. So, so Jesus gets up knowing he has all authority in heaven and on earth. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, poured water into a basin, and he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. This is, this is our God. This is, this is what he's demonstrated for us. Matthew 20. It was also Jesus who said this. Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world, they, they lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those who are under them. But among you, it'll be different. It's different for my followers. Come on, this is the great value in having a boss or being a boss that's Christ-centered. You, you understand this, right? But, but um, he says, but among you, but among my believers, among my followers, it'll be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. Servanthood is what Jesus has demonstrated. Bible says that's what he came to do. I just wonder, do do we recognize the great value Christ has placed on serving one another? Is this something we're passionate about? Is it something we think about? You know, we've talked a lot about abiding in Jesus. This constant, continual conversation with him. And this, this needs to be a part of the conversation. This needs to become a part of the repertoire of the things that we discuss among Jesus. Is as we roll out of bed, good morning, Lord. Your mercies are new today. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. I, I, I pleaded over myself. I pleaded over my family. Jesus, who do you have for me to serve today?
This is a part of this abiding conversation that needs to happen every day. Yeah, pray for your family, pray for your kids, pray for your finances, pray for your health, pray, 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 whatever. Whatever you talk to God about, all those things are good, but something we have to add into this prayer that would be so beneficial for us as believers, Holy Spirit, who illuminate who you'd want me to serve today. How can I serve today? How have you gifted me to serve? What have you put in me to give away today? And I just have a feeling based on what I've read in the scripture, as we learn to love to give away what God gives, he'll give us more. Then Jesus does something interesting here. Verse 36, the And Mark 9 continues, so he's addressed his disciples. He said, hey, what were y'all talking about? They're like, I don't want to tell you. You're going to yell at us. Then it says, Jesus sat down, called 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Again, like I told you, it's important that Jesus is sitting down because it showed this is a teaching moment. When a rabbi was teaching as a rabbi, when he was really making a pronouncement, he sat to teach. And then Jesus does this in the next set of verses. Then he put a little child among them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes not only me, but also my father who sent me. And now, you know, when we read this verse, we, what'll be helpful for us is if we understand the context of children in this culture. Because in this day, children were regarded, they're like more properties than they are individuals. Nowadays, it's like, how do they feel? How do they feel? Are you okay? Breathe, breathe. Talk to me, Johnny. Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. What's... Back in the day, none of that, okay? <laughs> Boy, get in the car! Like, I'll drop kick you right now. Right? <laughs> Jesus, took this, Jesus took this child into his arms while everybody's watching. And he indicates that spirit, true spiritual significance, true spiritual greatness entails caring about people, seemingly insignificant people like children, because Jesus himself was concerned about them. Like, I don't know, I, I read this, and I think Jesus deeply cares about how, Christian treat, how Christians treat others. Even in the moments where there's no expectation to treat someone above average. But I think he cares how we treat the waitress who serves our table. I do. I I think he cares how we treat the chatty cashier as we check out when we're in a rush. And Marshfield's got a lot of them. I don't know what that is, but just. (laughs) And everybody said, I think he cares how how we treat the child that we're raising, who irks us, who misbehaves repetitively, who tests all our spiritual fruit. I think he really cares how do we treat the spouse that we marry. How do we serve the newcomer at church, the people in our table group, 
How, how do we treat the people we can benefit from spiritually, materially, emotionally? How do we treat the people we can't benefit from? Who, who in earthly terms have nothing to really offer us. We have nothing to really benefit from the relationship. How do we treat those people? Jesus didn't have anything to earn from a child. There was nothing a child could give him or provide to him. They didn't have any great wealth. They didn't have any interesting intellect to be a mentor. They didn't, they didn't have any of this, but Jesus embraces them and takes them in and cares for them well, serves them. There's a calling on every Christian to cultivate character that values servanthood and lives it out consistently. There's a calling on every Christian's life to serve well. And the primary reason is because we serve a God that not only um, loves for us to serve others, that doesn't only bring joy to his heart and satisfy his will for our life. Uh, not only does he love for us to serve him and he's delighted in the way that we serve him and by serving others, we're serving him. But in fact, we uh, have a God who first loved and served us. And that's the, this is the beauty of the gospel. Praise God that our God loves to serve. He's served me, he's served you. He, we have a God that was so passionate about humanity, so passionate about his creation that he considered our needs above his own, our conveniences above his own, to pay the wages of our sins, to pay the wages that we deserve to pay. He came to earth, rescued us. He's redeeming us. Jesus served us before we ever served anybody else. And that's why it's, it, 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 it's the joy and great privilege of the Christian life to serve God and to serve others. Man, we're all saved a lot. We're infected with this thing called sin, man. And Jesus came to earth, lived a perfect life, sinless, went to the cross in perfect submission to the will of the Father, died a death, a sacrificial death. In this moment, he took on the wrath of God. He took on the sin of the world, endured it so that you and I wouldn't have to pay the cost for our sin. And you know how you get to receive that benefit? Believing that it's true. I know you can't see Jesus, touch Jesus, feel Jesus, but 2,000 years ago, he hung on a cross for you and I, got put in a grave, then he resurrected, ascended back. And now when we place faith in him, he pours out his spirit to come dwell and live in our hearts. And now the church is a picture of him. He wants to serve you this morning. Lights dimmed in here. If you, if you guys could turn those down, moment of privacy. This is between you and God. Heard we had like six salvations last week. Praise God for that. I love it. Come on, it, it is by grace through faith. He's, he's extended an invitation. He, he's asking that uh, you would allow him to serve you this morning by providing salvation through your own faith. 
So I just want to give an opportunity for everybody in the room, for anybody in the room who you haven't been been, uh, made right with God through a relationship in Jesus. Jesus is ready for a relationship with you, wants to renew your heart, renew your mind, transform you from the inside out, make you fit for the standard of heaven. I know you guys learned about that last week. So if you're in here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you're ready for it, if that's you, I'm gonna count down from three. And if you're like, yeah, I, I, I wanna start that. I wanna begin that. I just wanna say a prayer with you. You're not gonna have to do anything crazy. I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer to start that conversation. That's gonna become a daily conversation between you and God. So every eye closed in the room, head bowed, ready for a relationship with Jesus. If that's you, put your hand in the air in three, two, one. Pastor Mark, that's me. I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do this thing. I don't have that relationship, but I'm ready. I feel Jesus stirring my heart. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, I don't see any hands in the room, so let's stand to our feet here. I want to say this prayer together loud and proud because I don't think we can pray it enough. So would you repeat after me, Jesus, we confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts. Jesus is Lord. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for filling us with your spirit. Help us to follow you well. Continue to empower us. Teach us to serve. We're never turning back. In Jesus' name, amen. Next thing I want to do, I I did just mention it quickly, but I just want to pray over us um, that our hearts would be stirred to become better servants, that Holy Spirit would convict our hearts on where we've fallen short in this area and where we have room to rise, where we have room to better demonstrate Jesus to the world around us. Maybe that is in your marriage. Maybe that is in your relationship with your kids. Maybe it is with your coworkers or your friends or uh, in the gym that you go to or uh, anything else. I don't know. So, I, I don't know. Just allow Holy Spirit to stir your heart. What, what, is, what is that area? Where, where can we be better servants? And I just believe that he's going to reveal that as we pray and then he's, gonna, he's not only going to reveal it to us, but he's going to empower us and equip us to do so. So Jesus, you see a room full of your sons and your daughters. And our heart is to love you well and to love others well and to demonstrate you to the world around us. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you would search our hearts and convict our hearts. Who do we need to serve? How do we need to serve better? Give us clarity on the way that you've gifted us because you haven't just gifted us pain, you've gifted us specifically to serve. So Holy Spirit, empower us. Give us wisdom on how we can better be, uh, better demonstrate Jesus in this way. We're so grateful that you came to serve, not to be served. God, maybe it's in the church. Maybe we need to serve our church, our own body better, convict our hearts. Where are you calling us to serve? What are you calling us to be a part of? We want to be more like you. Do it. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. Come on, let's give God praise in this place.